Hello, TSF family. We wanted to start off by saying thank you. Thank you for listening to this podcast and for your hard work to love yourself more and for your feedback. Can you believe it's been three years that we've been doing this spiritual fix and it has been such a beautiful labor of love for Anna and me. We have loved doing this work. We've loved hearing from you and we love exploring ourselves and each other alongside our listeners. We wanted to put out the call for three ways that you can help support us to support you. One, we would love you to leave us a review on iTunes or follow us on Spotify. Two, drop us an email and let us know how much the podcast means to you. And three, you can donate monthly or even just once to our PayPal patronage. Every little bit helps and we are so grateful to those of you who have donated already. Thank you. You help make this podcast possible. Thanks, y'all. You can go to our website, www.thisspiritualfix.com for information on how to pledge as well as to email us. This Spiritual Fix presents TSF Shorts. A potluck of preludes between episodes. Welcome to this TSF Short, where today we are going to be talking about environmentally responsible cleaning products and selling your soul to the devil. Because why not? Hello, Anna. Hello, Christina. How are you? I'm okay. How are you? I have had a virus that's been going around and it lasts about two weeks, according to people. And I always spring back so quickly from viruses and illness or never get sick altogether. But this one is taking its damn time. It's sweet time, I should say. And that's okay. <laughs> and that's so okay. if you, if I sound raspy, that's why I actually physically feel like at 70%. So okay. I'm not like dying here. No, that's it. And are, are you like me? Like, I always love the raspy voice soundy as long as it doesn't hurt. No, but one of my children <laughs> has a raspy voice and one of my friends has a raspy voice just naturally. And I love it. I think it's so cute when it comes out like naturally. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I, I don't know. I think I probably have, I probably have something to do with my undefined throat and I like just yeah. love that quality of it. But yeah, so what are we talking about today, Anna? Well, I led an episode a couple seasons back, I think, and I will put it in the show notes where I talked about speed cleaning hacks and someone wrote back and said, hey, I love the episode, but you mentioned a lot of like toxic, non-sustainable things because I clean with bleach and powder tide. It was like the two main things I talked about cleaning with and and this person was like, it's not really environmentally sustainable. So I didn't want to report back until I actually did some research and actually tried it all out. And I've been using cleaning vinegar more. Okay, let me just put it this way. I haven't completely given up the Tide with clothes because all the natural stuff, I have yet to find a natural eco detergent that gets my clothes clean to my standard. My kids are like we're all really messy people and those things just don't seem to get out the stain. So if you do have a, a suggestion, send us an email. And then regarding like my use of bleach on countertops, I've, I've tried to really limit it to only using bleach on countertops when I actually cook with meat, you know, like eggs or meat, like for E. coli and salmonella re reasons. And right. otherwise I'm using cleaning vinegar on my counters for the most part. And I did some research and it looks like 
Vinegar eliminates many things, although it's not a complete solution to disinfectant. It's only 90% effective against bacteria and 80% against viruses, whereas bleach is 99.9% .9 against all of it. So what I do still do, and I really love this cleaning hack, is we have a plug-in teapot, and I just fill it up with hot water as I'm getting ready to clean, and then I will... I will use boiling hot water to wipe out our, our, to clean out our sink, to kind of prime our dishes for washing and to wipe down the countertops with a mixture of boiling water and vinegar. So I think I'm doing a good, an okay job. Like it, it, it feels clean to my standards, although I I'm sick. So maybe it's not just kidding. I got sick on vacation, but yeah, so that's what I'm, I'm doing. I'm trying to be more environmental and, and that's what I'm doing. Yeah. It's interesting. Cause you know, I, obviously used to do that as a job. And one of the things that we used to always say is that if it's not efficacious, it's actually less environmentally sustainable than something that works because there is, you know, you can look at all the different supply chains and you can look at all the different things like that. And it's like, okay, so bleach being hypochlorite, obviously it's a chlorine based thing. There are some things with that. Hydrogen peroxide is also, I don't know if you've tried hydrogen peroxide, Anna, but like Hydrogen peroxide is just as efficacious. It's a lot more efficacious than vinegar and it's H2O2. So it's basically a derivative of, you know, it's like a more complex water molecule. So it's hydrogen peroxide is a fantastic alternative. People actually put hydrogen peroxide in their pools to replace chlorinated pools and like even salt-based pools. So that's another option. And well, I would, oh, go ahead. Well, it's funny you said that because- I used hydrogen peroxide yesterday to clean because I ran out of vinegar, but not knowing. And I never did that before. Yeah. So, so I would say that one of the most environmentally friendly disinfectants that I've come across is hydrogen peroxide because it's better than quats, which is in detergent terms is quaternary ammonium. It's basically like what you get in Lysol. Like it's basically like a very specific molecule that is specifically designed to kill 99.99% of all germs, right? It's like different than a bleach action, which is just a general biocide or a vinegar action, which is more of an acid base. Like it's a pH base biocide bleaches too. It's really alkaline. So I'm going to stop nerding out now, but the idea, oh. another alternative is hydrogen peroxide. Well, I'm Googling it and it says that it's as effective, if not more than bleach, because bleach doesn't have surfactants or detergents, whereas accelerated hydroperoxide not only has that, it also can remove dirt and debris and yeah, and it, yeah, very yeah. cool. Maybe I need to start buying that in bulk. That's what I have in bulk more than anything. And I use it almost everywhere. Sometimes I need to add a detergent. So a surfactant is a special fancy word for detergent that is specifically designed to not be like soap. Soap, if you have hard water, will precipitate into soap scum, whereas like a surfactant or a detergent won't. Yeah, sometimes it's always just like, uh, this is kind of my rule when it comes to natural, uh, natural cleaning products because I used to formulate them is that with a with almost all of them you have to look and you have to take into account your water and like how hard it is and use that to determine what kind of actual detergent like are you going to use a surfactant or are you going to use a soap if you have like water that doesn't have any salts in it like you're good to not you don't have to basically kind of try and soften the water or you can use a soap based thing otherwise you're going to get stiff laundry you're going to get things like that and then also always remember that um, 
you know, changing the, the pH. So changing the acidity or the alkalinity of whatever it is that you're doing is super important. And with laundry, you usually want to make it more alkaline. So that's why you use sodium carbonate, baking soda, things like that. It makes it more alkaline. And with dishes, oftentimes you make it more acidic. Big question. If I'm going to start buying a hydrogen peroxide in bulk, what percentage is it? Because it looks like when you buy them, there's percentages on the bottle. That's a good question. I think I use like a 10% mixture and then I dilute it, but I feel like I've also had a much, much higher percentage and I've diluted it and it's been great. So yeah, could probably do an entire podcast on actual good Anna doing the application of the cleaning. And I could tell you about the science of it, but I think in general, when it comes to cleaning products, we are in a place where we are, um, you know, doing something that balances the impact of the supply chain. So a great example is like a lot of sustainable surfactants. They're called glucopons because they're really not irritating to your, like they're not bad for human health. And they're like, quote unquote, they biodegrade better, but they are derived from palm oil, which is not sustainable. So if you look at the entire lifespan of a chemical, like you're bound to either hurt it in the sourcing, like the sourcing, the sourcing is going to hurt the environment or the actual product is going to hurt, hurt the environment or the actual product is going to hurt your health. And so you'd have to balance out those three things whenever you're kind of making decisions for sustainable cleaning products. So, yeah. Which is why you choose what? Which is why I like hydrogen peroxide for a lot of it. And then like Fels naphtha and stuff like that for a soap based. I don't use a lot of vinegar because I'm really sensitive to the smell. So I'm usually using sodium carbonates and borax and some sort of soap, even though I have really hard water um, and then hydrogen peroxide. So, okay, yeah. cool. That's, that's it. I'm going to throw in a total spanner, which was not what we planned and see how you feel about it. Sure. I cannot tell you how much I have been exposed to this concept of people selling their soul to the devil. <laughs> how are you feeling if I talk about that, Anna? I don't know. I, I don't have an opinion about it. So I'll, I'll tell you guys. Okay. So it was funny. I just saw this um, depiction of Groundhog Day and how that it was like a fan theory that Groundhog Day was actually that if anybody's familiar with the movie, it's obviously Bill Murray and he keeps reliving the same day. And the idea is that um, the guy, the insurance salesman that he runs across and he doesn't remember that Bill Murray doesn't remember in this, that he is actually the devil. And so he puts Bill Murray into a time loop. And it's only when Bill Murray goes and buys full life insurance from this guy, Ned, that Bill Murray gets out of the loop, but in the process, he sells his soul to the devil. And I don't know if it's the algorithm or whatever it is, but I have just been coming across this concept so much. There was, you know, this thing saying that Lady Gaga sold her, her soul to the devil, things along those lines. And I really have been thinking about what this is a representation of, like, what is it that like, why are people so obsessed with this concept of selling your soul to the devil? And why is it that it feels like the only way that you can get really fast success really soon is if you, if you kind of like go and, 
and sell your soul to some greater force that is already super powerful in exchange for your soul. Obviously, it's a really, really old concept. And even even so far as like, I mean, it's like thousands and thousands of years old, but like I can think of off the top of my head, like Robert Johnson is a great example of a really famous blues player who he it's like quote unquote well-known that he sold his soul to the devil. Like it's like a very well-known story and he died young. He, he was murdered by uh, some jilted or cuckolded husband with quinine and just like had this really untimely death. And um, I've been reading so many different stories about it. I was curious if, and Anna, you have no opinion on this, as you said, but you know, from your perspective, like, does it feel like there is this understanding and feeling that like people have to give up something in order to become wealthy or successful. Do you think that that's like part of the, like a specific universe in the world? We were talking about the universes with the money wound. Yeah. I mean, I know what you're saying. I don't, it's not in my universe. The devil is not in my universe. Yeah. Like I wasn't raised in a religion that there was a devil. I just, Okay, so you don't. I don't have any. No, you can. You can talk about it. I just have no concept of it. I think it's just a mental limitation to think that you have to do something bad for life to be easy. Well, that's what I'm trying to say. I think that's the universe. That's what I'm talking about, right? It's it's the on the one hand, the concept of the devil is this idea that like it's something that's always convincing you to do the bad thing, which is I would equate with some level of villainy or something along those lines. It's this idea that like you can sin all of these different, we can go back to so many different episodes, whether it's the art of war episode or anything like that to say like, what is it that you're actually really fighting against? And the story of the devil itself is, is that kind of, uh, is one of those key stories. And then to your point, Anna, the universe that says, Hey, look, the devil exists. And the devil is actually something that if you, if you exchange with this, entity this entity will give you everything that you want in exchange for like a lifetime of of torture which is really interesting because if you could flip that you would say like if you were to try and take like a quote-unquote new age spin on that what you would say is that like okay so the devil is actually the inner part of us that says that we are not worthy unless we sacrifice right so like that there's an inner part of us whether you want to call it a villain or something else that's like fundamentally like okay so I personally can't, I don't believe that I deserve fame and fortune. And so I need to exchange who I am as a person. Like I need to exchange to kind of bring on this alter ego in myself that is going to be recognized. And it's going to have all the luck and favor on its behalf. But in order to do that, there needs to be an exchange. And I think that this is a concept that a lot of people use when they bring on alter egos, which is its own fascinating thing, right? Like Kobe Bryant did it with the Black Mamba, right? Like the Black Mamba was an alter ego that he took on. Beyonce did it with Sasha Fierce when she was needing to kind of get out of the church thing. She had to take on this alter ego. So I don't know. I think it's I think it's a really interesting concept. And I just wanted to bring it up because I was wondering if it's coming across in anybody else's field. If you guys want to send me an email, uh this.spiritual.com fix at gmail.com i'd be really curious i went into like a manic episode the other day i did you remember that did i ever clue you in on oh what yeah was going you, on? you were like 
you were like, am I going crazy? I think my husband is the devil or something. I don't know if I said, I thought my husband was a devil. I may have said that for a moment. I just had all these dreams about, I just had had so many different things exposing me. So many different stories. The fall of the house of Usher um, on Netflix was probably one of those, right. Where it's just this idea that like, you have to somehow completely compromise your values in order to get your message out there. And I was talking to my husband and I think that Never mind. I won't get any more into it. Well, do I have your permission to diagnose you? <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, you, you've been working a lot on letting go of your job and then moving into doing something that you love. You're now a full-time psychic healer, therapist kind of thing. And you told me that you had a block that, that you had this belief that money corrupts and like you have a fear that money would make you corruptible, mm-hmm. that money yes. would make you corrupt. And then you have, so, okay. So you've got like three things going on. You have this stepping into your dream job yep, uh, and fear and guilt about that. You have stepping into financial abundance and you have fear of corruption in that. And then you're leading this course that I'm part of about villains. So you're inundated with villainy. So I'm wondering if the selling your soul to Satan thing is more of just like an egregore or a um, collective unconscious tether that you are fighting and unraveling regarding your belief that you don't deserve to be happy or you don't deserve to be rich or you don't deserve things without exchanging something of value. That makes a lot of sense. And that, that tracks with, I've been, uh, you know, I've been feeling a lot of the, the kind of perfectionist parts. And I feel like that's the part that comes out when I am feeling a real significant lack of confidence in my ability to like, it's like, it, it's like enough stuff has happened that I feel like, oh my gosh, I'm not really sure about this. And it makes a lot of sense that like that devil concept is when I start to hit the ceiling, so to speak, like the ceiling that I've created in my own universe, right? Like the ceiling of like, Hey, do I deserve this? does this make sense? Right. Because I'm my own boss. I'm not getting a promotion. Like nobody's giving me a promotion and giving me more money. Like I'm the one who gets to decide how much and how big everything is effectively or how big I want it to be. So I, I bump, bump up against the ceiling and then I bump up against the ceiling. And then I, and then I basically start this slope, which then bottoms me out in the humiliation wound, which is where I've been sitting for the last couple of days. So you, you know what I'm trying to say? It's like, it's like when you hit the, I feel like sometimes when you're in the process of trying to raise your own glass ceiling, like you can, you oscillate a lot when you kind of hit that, if that makes sense. Do you see what I'm trying to say? Yeah. Well, actually, no, I don't. But when I re-listen to this episode, I will. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Just think of it as like this. Imagine that like, <laughs> you are on a trajectory of like realizing your power, like becoming fully embodied is like the process of embodying all of your bodies and raise going up your spine. Right. So symbolically you move up the chakras, you go from the first, the second, the third, like first, second, and third are like very earthly hit things. And then you move into the heart and you're kind of like trying to, and if, and if you can embody all of the chakras, you've like come into this fully embodied space and you can kind of realize your full potential. And if you get 
if you bump up against a block somewhere in that chakra system, it kind of like, it's like you hit your head and then you end up going back down to the bottom again, back down to that root chakra and that humiliation, which is where I found myself. Maybe not everybody does that, but that's what I feel like has been happening for me. I ran into the devil and then ended up in humiliation. And that's, and that's just more stuff to sort through on your journey to accepting all the goodness. Exactly. Right. Exactly. Yep. Yeah. Wonderful. All right. Well, that's all I have today. (laughs) All right. (laughs) A rant about the devil. (laughs) Bye, Christina. Bye. And remember. Humility, gratitude, acceptance, done. Let me tell y'all a riddle. There are four girls and four apples in a basket. Every girl takes an apple, yet one apple remains in the basket. How is this possible? The answer, one girl took the basket. She took the last apple while it was in the basket. Sometimes all it takes is a perspective shift. This is my specialty, y'all, and I am opening up two spots in the next two months for dedicated journeyers to work with me to find peace, purpose, and most importantly, perspective. In these journeys, we co-create a curriculum that suits your current blocks, goals, and needs, and we use all the tools, shadow work, books, fiction, remote viewing, intuition, meditation, guided journeys, energy healing, dreaming techniques, you name it, we do it, and all to achieve a commonly held set of objectives. And if you're interested in hearing more, Book a free call with me at www.chriswilty.com forward slash discover.